everybody for joining uh so we're on the 15th chapter of the book of acts of apostles and i'm i'm super excited about this particular chapter uh very very excited uh for quite quite a number of reasons which which i'm definitely going to be sharing uh in a bit uh i think it's one of one of those reasons is because uh quite a number of things that we thought were unchristianly or nowadays that the church um, uh, sometimes let me use the word argue against or or speak against we see that the early church was actually doing some of these things and some of the things that um, the religious people uh permit me to use the word religious people of those days were doing uh quite find a number of church members actually doing those uh religious things uh these days and it just it just keeps uh should i say bother me or just keeps telling us that history uh is always repeating itself history will always repeat itself and um, for me i think it's it's just wise that if you see that you are going on the wrong side of history uh some people have done things like this before in the past and ended up in a certain way, I think it's just wisdom, simple wisdom for us to uh, not to uh, that line. So uh, let's just go straight into the 15th chapter uh, for those of us on YouTube and on, on, on Zoom. We're gonna be doing it together, so I'll, I'll be sharing the screen. Uh, but for those of us on Instagram Live, uh, just follow me, open your Bibles with me and just follow me. So. Uh, chapter 15. So chapter 14 was talking about they ran away from a particular place. Uh, there was opposition and they made the same opposition in the next place. So those of us that um, we think that uh, once something is happening in this particular place, the next thing to do or the best thing to do is to go to another place. Uh, the Bible is telling you that you shouldn't run. I mean, running is is the is the least of your. It should be the least of your worries. I mean, it should be the least of your of this of the solutions that you're going to be doing that you're going to be proposing for yourself. Because um, if you run, uh, uh, something else is going to meet you where you where you run to. The same thing you ran away from is actually coming. And we saw the way uh, the apostles used uh, that's Paul uh, um, used wisdom, the wisdom of God. Um, in handling some of the things, that, some of the challenges that happened uh, during their day. So let's just quickly go into the next one, uh, the 15th chapter. Uh, and certain men, let me, okay, let me read from NLT. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men of Judea arrived and began to teach believers. Unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Okay. So, um, Okay. Okay, let's just go because the law of Moses is going to be a, 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 a is going to be a, a, a bone of contention here, and that's been a bone of contention in the church these days. Uh, so Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by some local believers, to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. Now, these two verses are very, very significant. 
So, so these guys just came. Um, they called them men. So they've been, they, they were Jews actually, because uh, they came, they didn't tell us, but they came from Judea. Uh, and to teach believers, unless you're circumcised by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. So they came to Syria, uh, a Gentile church, and telling them that you must be circumcised for you to be saved by the law of Moses. Now, uh, I love this NLT. It says, Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. And um, I've seen several posts that say that uh, God has not called you to win arguments, but to preach the gospel. And we sometimes really uh, uh, criticize those who argue, especially concerning the gospel. Time will not permit me to look at um, It's called, um, uh, uh, no, I shouldn't forget, uh, apologetics. Uh, thank you. It, 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 it's an arm in theology. It's called apologetics, whereby you defend, you talk in defense of a belief or a system. Now, um, the church was, the early church was, was very apologetic. In fact, the book of Acts is, is a book of apologetics, series of arguments defending the gospel, defending the, uh, what they believe in. And nowadays, uh, the church all of a sudden um, play down on, on apologetics, uh and please please just just flow with me i'm, I'm going to try and be um, as balanced uh, as possible so the church has played down so much on apologetics these days why uh and the the the, the solution is 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 not is uh the solution is is i mean the, the reason is simple now in the days of after the days of the early church you know the church was highly apologetic, like I said, uh, and we went from there that uh, people started believing that you can explain everything away through apologetics. You can explain everything away. Uh, you can through reasoning, and so they went to one extreme of apologetics, whereby you can reason everything. Uh, so some other people came with higher reasoning to challenge the reasoning of the church or, or some of the things that we were reasoning about. So. Apologetics went so down that people don't want to talk about apologetics again. They just want to believe. And after that, I think about 14th century or thereabouts, um, the church never recovered from that attack because some people now came to start attacking everything the church believed with higher reasoning. So the church never recovered again. So the early church came with very high apologetics. The apostles were so apologetic about um, what they were, what we believed, they were, they argued, they, they defended the faith and things like that. Uh, and it started going down, it started going down, it started going down. It came up a bit, quite, but when it came up a bit, uh, after uh, a couple of centuries, and then some people started really attacking the church, it came down. That was a drastic uh, uh, bottom of apologetics, and people stopped it, like, no, you don't. You don't argue to defend faith. If you don't believe, you just walk away. Uh, if you can find it in the Bible, yes, there are times that people walk away. I mean, there are some arguments that the Bible says we should shun uh, vain arguments. We shouldn't just uh, argue um, everything. But there are times that you really need to, to argue to defend the faith. I mean, you could see something. They argued vehemently. That's what the Bible says. Defending, disagreeing with uh, heresy. So, in my opinion, 
There's nothing wrong with arguing to disagree with heretical teachings. There's nothing. In fact, personally, especially if you're teaching and that is going to the public, I believe that if I'm in that congregation or I have an opportunity to either ask question or speak, I raise my hand to speak because uh, for me to be there, I believe it's for a reason. Um, I, I was in the UK a couple of years ago and I, I, I was in the university I was, I was, I was studying. So if a, a, a gay bishop was coming to school to talk from a scriptural perspective why gay, uh, why homosexuality is good. And I was pastoring a church then, uh, a fellowship. I was the president of fellowship at that time. So I needed to be, I just told myself, I needed to be at that meeting. It's coming to my, I mean, bringing it to my school, like uh, bringing it to my doorstep. So I needed to be at that meeting. Now, for those of us who are not um, um, conversant with the laws of the UK, uh, it's not something you want to do to, they will call you, they will tag you homophobic, they will tag you being homophobic, and it's it's a prison, it's, I mean, it's a crime, it's a criminal offense, you can be sent to jail for being homophobic. In fact, they will put your name in, in the register that uh, you're homophobic or you're against human race and nobody will employ you. So I knew the risks I was going, but I needed to be at that meeting. So read the scriptures, uh, honestly, I didn't prepare for what I meant because I just thought, ah, just go one or two scriptures. And the man started by, he's a, he's a bishop, he's a, in a, one of the um, um, uh, English churches, uh, and he came with his clerical shirt, dressed beautiful, he's gay, he has a husband. And he, he started with definition of love, perfect love, how love is. I mean, if I wasn't, even me, I was, I was blown away by his definition of love, how we should love each other, how love is, what love should be. And, you know, gradually went and went and started from the Old Testament, just looked at it and looked at, oh, Paul didn't really mean it when he says homosexuality is bad. So I, I, I had to, I, it, it got to a time that it was just me and him in that discussion, as in it was just back and forth. I didn't mind risking jail term. Um, and we, we had, thankfully, we were talking from the scripture. So I started picking some things from his, his verses. Let's, I mean, the verses he quoted, let's, let's move a bit further. And I had to really argue with him. Uh, this is not just vain argument. This is an argument that can lead me to jail. I mean, for, for real. Uh, but I just took that a lot, number of people were there who didn't really know their right from their left. And hearing such from a priest, I mean, uh, so I just had to be there. I just had to make the argument. So you won't tell me that I should show profane argument at that time and be praying for him. When he's, he's speaking to a thousand people, a couple of a hundred, a couple of a hundred of people who don't know their right from their left. Some are bisexual, some are homosexual, some are, some don't even know anything they believe in. And they're just coming to learn from that man. So I knew I needed to be at that meeting to really disagree with him using the same scriptures he was quoting. So yeah, um, it's not good to just argue any, anyhow. But yeah, there are some times that, I mean, the scripture says it, you really, really need to um, speak out in defense of the faith. Please do. So, so they send them to Jerusalem. They stop along the way and things like that. Let's just go on. Uh, so when they got to Jerusalem, Barnabas were welcomed by the apostles and the elders, and they reported everything God had done through them. Now, you should understand this now. I, I mean, this is just telling you that Paul 
saw needed the validation of the Jerusalem church. Uh, that's just it. He needed that validation, even though it wouldn't be seen as a sect or as a, as, it won't be seen as part of the main church, as a Christian church. So um, uh, he needed this validation. So Jerusalem was still the headquarters. And, and, and I think I was, I was at, a, at a seminar in church. I, I, I was in a talk show in church on Sunday. And one of the examples I gave, um, when we were to be ordained as pastors, uh, one of our lecturers, some of our lecturers, quite a number of them actually told us some things. And I, I held on to these things. Um, some of us are young and vibrant. Uh, we can dissect the scriptures. We know this, we know that. Uh, so, you know, when we're going to be ordained, we have colors. Our colors are white, shining, and things like that. They told us that some of the people you're going to meet on the field, some of your bosses, some of your mentors, their colors are brown. They may not be able to do what exegesis like you. They may not have the charisma and the busy like you, but their color is brown. You see, color is different from color. So people have been there, some people have the experience. Just bow down, be humble under them, and just wait for your time. Serve. I mean, this generation don't want to serve. I, I, I am part of that generation. <clears throat> so we don't want to serve. A lot of us just want to blow overnight. Serve. So as much as Paul was doing so greatly in the ministry, he still needed to be submissive to the Jerusalem church. As much as he's outspoken, is this, is that, he still needed to go back to headquarters and what? And be submissive. So if God is helping you, you're in a branch and maybe your geo or your boss in the ministry is not as, you know, as you, please, don't go before your time. Don't run before your time. I put something on my WhatsApp status today that if you rise up by rebellion, you will come down through rebellion. Wait for your time. See, wait, just calm down. Submit to the authority. Submit to the head. Paul still went to Jerusalem church to give account of how God had been using him. And of course, the church was, let, let's just go ahead because you're going to see something. Um, but when some believers who belong to the sect of the Pharisees, um, but then some believers who belong to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted, Gentile converts circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So now let's look at this. So some Pharisees who were, Ju who were Jews, uh, it's a sect of Judaism. So they actually became believers. The Pharisees actually became believers. The Pharisees that were actually the ones that came Jesus, they, they became believers. So please don't just use it for practical. I mean, these are the people that, this is a sect that killed Jesus, still became believers. Uh, and I've, I've said several times about the number of sects we have within Judaism at this time, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Zealots, uh, they were, these guys were called, I mean, Christians were called the way, the followers of the way at that time. So they thought they were a sect out of Judaism. So these Pharisees are already kind of believed, they believe that oh, Jesus is the Messiah. But now some of them now believe that you must be converted, I mean, circumcised, and we require to follow the laws of Moses. And you won't blame them because that's the only thing they know that is the um, way to be saved. That's the thing they've been practicing for 3,000 years, I mean. But they fail to understand what Jesus actually truly came to do. So even though they confessed and believed that, oh, Jesus is Lord and Jesus is the Messiah, they, are, they still haven't uh, fully 
uh, uh, admitted that time this is a very long chapter and I really want us to close on time. So let's quick, let's move ahead. So the apostles and the elders met together to resolve this issue. Now, this is the thing I feel church doesn't do these days. We are scared of difficult, having difficult conversations. Let's meet together and resolve issues. This, not even churches alone, even businesses, companies, call your boss, call your subordinates, let's sit down together, call your wife, call your spouse, let us sit down and have this difficult conversation. A lot of folks don't want to have difficult conversations. We don't want to, oh, no, no, it's too, let me try to avoid issues, we go here and there and circumnavigate it. No, let us solve it all, sit together and have this conversation. At the meeting, after a long discussion, do you understand? Just don't just come and veto things. Let's talk about, let's talk this thing out. Peter stood and addressed them as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you. Sometimes we go to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. We've talked about that about three chapters ago. Peter himself was, was criticized. So it wasn't only Paul that went preaching to, to Gentiles. Peter actually went preaching, preaching to Gentiles. God knows people so that to confirm that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as it did to us. I think we've talked about all this uh, in the previous chapter. Uh, no distinction between us and them for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So whether you're born in church or someone that just left the club today and became a Christian, no distinction between us. Uh, if someone was an arm robber yesterday and, and gave their life to Christ today, no distinction between us. Telling because we are all sinners, actually. We're all born into sin. And no sin is greater than the other. I mean, yeah. So why are you challenging God's God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? So they actually, they know that they cannot fulfill these things. Now, you that you were born into Judaism, that the first book a Jewish child reads is the book of Leviticus. That is the first book they read. Now, you were born into the laws of Moses, you've been doing it since you were young, and you still were old and you couldn't still fulfill it. Now, people that have been old and they know their ways of life, this is their way of life, they're coming into the into the into the Christian faith, and you want to burden them and they must start keeping the laws of Moses, what you couldn't keep for, for 40 years or 50 years that you've been doing. Isn't that what happens to us sometimes in churches these days? And people are, are people are converted today, and the first thing we 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 welcome them with our laws, our bygones, by by laws, our, our dogmas. Oh, you should do this. Put off your shoe before you do this. Turn off your head like this. Rather than even talk about the love of Christ or even the the gospel itself, we face them with the law. We face them with the rules first and foremost. This is a baby Christian that needs to be nurtured. This is still happening in the churches today. So we believe that we're saved by the same on, on the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone listened quietly as Panabas and Paul told them about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. So, like I said last week, the miracles are not for our show off. The miracles are to prove that God is here. The miracles that are happening is not for me to. It's not for people to believe that I'm a man of God. It's for those that are doubting that God is in this meeting. They should know that God, God is for God to prove himself that, yes, I'm in this meeting. It's not for, it, 
doesn't have anything to do with the man of God. Praise the Lord. Okay, when they finished, James stood up and said, brothers, listen to me. Now watch this. Peter had defended them. James had defended them. Peter, Jesus handed the church over to Peter. James was like the head of the church here in quotes because James uh, uh, was a brother of Jesus. You understand? So, so let's go ahead. Uh, Peter told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people to himself. And this conversation of Gentiles exactly what the prophets predicted as it was written. After what I will, I will return and restore the fallen house of David. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it. So the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including Gentiles, all those I have called to be mine. So the Lord, Old Testament have actually talked about this, but they still didn't believe it. Uh, why? Tradition. Laws have blinded their faces. Okay. He who made these things known long ago, and so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. That's what I'm, I'm telling you today. Don't make it difficult for the people who are turning to God. Don't let's not welcome them with the see. There was a particular church I was, um, I, I mean, a case I was involved with in a particular church. Uh, I think it was some of the laws, a particular person couldn't, uh, was always being criticized. Yeah. So at the end of the day, that person left the church, left that particular church, stopped attending all churches together. And after a couple of years, now after a couple of follow-ups, I now, I, I now ask some of the church members that, now whose gain is it now? Now we've lost this soul. In quotes, we've lost this. The person is gone. Whose gain is it? Is, it, is heaven happy? Because we were always hammering on our own laws of our own side of Christianity, not even the laws of the scriptures, not even dash and not fornicate, not do you understand? Not not the things the scriptures talk about, but the our dogma, our what how you should do things in this place. Yes, as much as we have, we have all those uh, regulations to guide us so that we don't just, we, we know that, okay, these are how we do things here. But we shouldn't welcome new believers with that. Don't make it difficult for Gentiles who are turning to God. It should be your joy that people are turning to God. Instead, we should write them and tell them to abstain from eating food offered to idols, from sexual immorality, from eating meat strangled, uh, eating the meat of strangled animals, are from consuming blood. These are still laws of Moses, but okay. What I feel James was doing here is a bit of politics, win-win. We, we can't throw out the whole law of, law of Moses. So let's pick the ones that, okay, stop eating meat over dry idols. Sexual immorality, of course, that is a no-no. Uh, eating meat from strangled animals, consuming blood. Those are still laws of Moses. Praise the Lord. But this law of Moses have been practiced in Jewish synagogues in every city, on every Sabbath, for many generations. The same thing. It has been for thousands of years. So then the apostles and elders, together um, with the whole church in Jerusalem, chose delegates and sent them to Antioch of Syria with Paul and Barnabas to report the decision. The men chosen were two church leaders. Judas also called Barabbas and Silas. Barabbas. Now, there are loads of nicknames in the Bible. So we met uh, uh, Barnabas. was not his real name. That's his, his nickname. Uh, uh, Barnabas means son of encouragement. So there are several nicknames, there are several people with nicknames in the Bible. And so when we come these days and we criticize nicknames, I just wonder, do you read, your, do you, do you, do you read the scriptures? So uh, so this guy's nickname uh, is Bar Sabas. 
and Silas. So they they were the church elders chosen. And the letter took they took the letter to them. Uh, okay, okay, that's the letter. Um, okay, let's look at this. The, the, the introductory part of the letter. We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teachings, but we did not send them. So I mean, this is just for us to cut some of our leaders a bit of some slack. So people can come in the name of our leaders, and if we don't really go to the root of the matter and look at things, you, will, you, just, you just be angry with your leader. You don't have the leader doesn't even know anything about what those people are saying and doing in their names. So that's why we need to have difficult conversations. Sit down, let's talk about these things. Praise God. So we decided to um, having them complete agreements, send the official representative along with our beloved Barnabas Paul. Okay, who have risked their life for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? We are sending Judas and Silas to confirm that we have decided uh, what we have decided concerning your question. For well, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit to have us lay no greater burden on you than few requirements. So please follow. Like I told you just a little bit of the law of Moses. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, consuming blood, and or eat meat from of strangled animal and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. Simple. Simple letter. I mean, I love these guys. <laughs> so the messengers were at once at Achilles. They called the general meeting of the believers. They read the letter, and there was great joy. I mean, win-win. There's no. I mean, that's that's not too bad. And Judas and Silas, being both prophets, spoke at length to the believers and encouraging them and strengthening their faith. I've said it times without number that prophetic ministry in the New Testament are teachers, are teachers greatest, like they have greatest, the greater uh, uh, grace of teaching. So prophetic in the, in the New Testament is heavy teaching. They, they, they encourage the brethren, uh, strengthening their faith. Okay, they stayed for a while, and then the believers sent them back to the Jerusalem church for a blessing of peace. Okay, but it seemed good for Silas to remain there a bit. So Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch. Uh, there are many others taught and preached the word of the Lord there. After some time, Paul and Barnabas said, let's go back and visit each city. we preach the word of the Lord and see how many of us were doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take John Mark along. Now watch this. Watch this. This is this happens in our churches a lot. But Paul disagrees strongly since John Mark has started them in Pamphylia and are not continued uh, with them in their work. Okay, let's go ahead. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and they sailed to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and he left, and the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. They traveled to the, throughout the uh, region of Silica and, uh, Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches there. Okay, let's look at these disagreements. So Paul wanted to take, I mean, Barnabas wanted to take John Mark. And so let's look, I want us to look at it from both sides because uh, no, none, none, of, none is 100% right, none is 100% wrong. Now, Paul's personality being a choleric, this guy, this John Mark, Young guy, maybe felt that Baba is entering bush too much. I've done the other kill Jesus. He went back. So now he wants to, for whatever reason, he has retraced himself. Daddy, let me follow you again. No, you're not following me. I can't plan with you and you abandon me halfway. 
I mean, I, I, I can say that. I mean, we know you people, we know you to be an abandoner. Don't bring your abandoning into my ministry. Stay away. Just stay. But I don't want to see you. Whereas, this same John Mark became of help to you to pause ministry later in life when Paul was older. What if Barnabas had not mentored him? See, some of us, some of our young people, and they do certain things that are, yes, annoying, vividly annoying. They may just need a little bit of mentoring and they will be of help for you in the future. A lot of us are like Paul here. Just uh, get them out. Put them out. He's young, he's stupid, he's, he's, he's childish. Get them out. Sars and Mars, you may need to be like Barnabas. You may need to take your John Mark and mentor him. You may need to forget, trust, take a risk of trusting him again. Trust him that he will be with, trust him that this time he will not abandon you. And take, you no, know, you may need to take it easy with him as well. So some, some of us may have some mentees and proteges that are in these shoes. Uh, I just want us to encourage, I want to encourage us. It's not easy, I know, uh, but please, we may need to take it easy with them. We may need to, uh, we, we don't have to be too harsh. We don't really have to uh, take the harsh step and like, no, it's either you do this or I leave you or I will never trust you again. Uh, because we're still going to see in the book of Acts, this same John Mark, uh, that Paul uh, disagreed sharply with, with Barnabas about, uh, ended up being of help in the ministry. So uh, this is for pastors, for leaders. Don't throw the baby away uh, with the bathwater. And if you're a mentee, you're a protege to someone, please be encouraging. Don't uh, don't do like uh, like some people will say in our local palace, uh, for better, for stay, for worse, for good. Uh, when things are tough, uh, we don't see you anymore. Uh, so please, uh, the Lord will help us. In the name of Jesus, uh, do we have any question? Let me just check YouTube, uh, Instagram. Do we have any question on Instagram before we close? Uh, do we have any question on YouTube? or on Zoom. There are no questions. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much uh, uh, for always tuning in. Please, uh, we can take the conversation up after the lecture. If, you have, if you've seen it and you have any question, please feel free to reach out to me on across any of the social media platforms at Tolotopadada. And I will also send the podcast, uh, the audio version in the podcast across all mission. I mean, all, all social media platforms as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, Yohande. Thank you so much. Let's just say a word of prayers. Father, we thank you for um, opening our eyes to these letters. We ask, Lord, that the grace to be humble enough, to be submissive enough uh, to our authorities, to the leaders, give it unto us in the name of Jesus. The boldness to have difficult conversations, to resolve issues, Father, give it unto us in the name of Jesus. And we ask, Lord, give us the grace, Lord, to take up our proteges and mentees and, 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 and train them well. The patience to be with them, to the, the grace to be patient enough with them. Father, give it unto us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much for tonight. Have a wonderful evening. Goodbye.